in 2018, a group of hard-living, somewhat lovable fly-fishing enthusiasts joined forces at St. James Episcopal Church. Yes, a church. This group of outdoors junkies quickly began planning an escape from the burdens of daily life, an exodus into the wild. Today, this group remains together, a bit rough around the edges, fueled by good intentions and cold beer. If this sounds like you or someone you know, then maybe, just maybe, this podcast is for you. Maybe you're ready to cast your faith. But even if you're not, stay tuned for another episode of Cast Your Faith or something like that. I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out there. Oh, Federico. He's, he's left the screen. He has left the screen. Oh, wait. Oh, something. There we go. It's happening. Okay. He's sharing his screen. I don't. I'm confused. That's okay. I'm not going to mention those uh, notifications I just saw there, brother. Hi, <laughs> right, guys. Let's try, let's try this again. Yeah, that's, man. That's much sure. better. Are you on your hotspot now? I can share, but we'll try. Okay. Okay. It should all be enabled for you to share whatever. If not, text me a picture and I'll paint the description of oh, it verbally. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. that's. I, I'm, I, I, I can do that. The Howard Cosell yeah. of the fly fishing world. Oh yeah, yeah. beautiful. Those there are some actually. Uh, those are beautiful. No, the uh, people can framed, can, yeah, framed Sasquatch yeah. hatch or uh, roofs. So they look very nice. What? Two, two episodes we've got. Yeah, yeah. Two yeah. episodes. <laughs> two. Just try to keep it between the muscles yeah. and the mayonnaise. Okay, I need you to. Yeah, let's let's dial it in. Okay. Yeah, I think we're up and going. Can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you guys. Okay. All right. So uh, we're we're now in the banter section. We've been in the pre-banter technical difficulty section. Now we're moving into the banter part. The pre-banter technical difficulties. One of our most oh, yeah. popular. It segments. is. It's people. Federico is helping us break technology or our technology technological skill by sharing pictures at this point yeah no it, we just keep getting better and better yeah federico um, i mean my international man of mystery brother well, okay so clay we have the same format on every show and you're supposed to wait and then introduce the guests well i'm not introducing anybody yeah yet. but you keep you keep introducing them I haven't said his last name, and only I at this table could probably pronounce it. There's because okay. you're Despacito Spanish. First lessons. of all, I'm going to take real exception with that. Yeah. Second of all, you so, just kicked this introduction around for the past 15 minutes. Yeah, it's been just going on and on. So before we, so while we're still in banter, so Kenneth. Um, we're in the banter. Yeah, we're, we're, let's stay in banter for a minute. So, you know, we put out the first video right last yeah. week yeah yeah and um with handsome flyfish mitch so handsome and uh so this is so i'm talking to my mom who uh because she's my mom watched the video although she admitted to fast forwarding through a good portion of it but um anything i was talking this is well yeah so this is the funny part though she's like yeah i mean mitch seems like a handsome guy but that kenneth oh. <laughs> <laughs> let me just let me just say for the record yeah of all the moms out there, your mom has always been my favorite. <laughs> of course. She continues yeah. to do nothing but please me with remarks like that. Yeah. Um, she's clearly a woman of distinction and taste. Um, I'm actually, I'm, I'm starting to worry that dementia might be setting in. But no. we, we should probably get your dad on the horn. Just remind him how lucky he is to be married to such a high quality woman if she had nice things to say about me. Yeah. You know, what's funny about my dad on the, on the phone is that it's either a three second conversation or 45 minutes. There is no in between no with the man. Yeah, yeah. He's just like, mm -hmm, yep. Okay. Well, talk to you later. Bye. Or, or he's in the car and he has got to tell you like, you know, I don't know. He's Have got a coupon. Seen what they're doing down here. And that's to pretty 35. I mean, that's pretty much it. Or, <laughs> you know, well, we got a coupon and we're going in, you know, and cause they live in, you know, they live outside New Braunfels. So it's, He'll drive 45 minutes and spend $10 in gas, maybe 20 
to save 37 cents like on a, something because that's what Red he does. Robin's giving away free drinks on Thursday. <laughs> Not missing that. <laughs> yeah, that's well, I'm going to pick it up. I would like to thank the Jacobis for uh, their accommodations and for his mother's hopeful forgiveness. You're fine. They've, they've known me for okay 40 years. Should so. be okay. In the yeah, long run. yeah, yeah, I think it's fine. <laughs> um, so with that, so now that well, you know I, I that mean, you've got a fan. Yeah. The thing about it is, obviously, I didn't need any help in the ego department. <laughs> but now this will absolutely make my head explode. And neither one of you or any of the 20s of people that listen to us will ever be allowed to forget this. No, no, I'm, I'm not going to forget it. Double that's, digits, um, baby. Double right. digits. I'm just saying I'm going to put this up there with my marriage, the birth of my children, being an Eagle <laughs> Scout. This is one of the things that I'm considering putting on a resume. Yeah, no. Absolutely. So tonight I'd like to introduce enough of that banner tonight. I'd like to introduce a friend of mine, Federico Maransenbaum, um, an international guide. Well, you cut out, say it again. You said that perfectly. I'm oh, proud. thank you, brother. Thank you. I haven't worked on it at all. After we talked earlier, I, I guarantee you. <laughs> So, um, Federico is an international guide. He was, uh, born in Bolivia, an American, uh, hero here at this point for us fly anglers who are on the hunt for golden Dorado and Paku and all other kinds of crazy jungle fish that are out there. He's the founder and, uh, co-owner or partner of angling frontiers he guides out of bolivia and offers almost all-inclusive trips i'm not in, i'm not 100 sure if the airfare is included but i do know he offers trips for the physically fit i'm talking jungle cruise adventures well, yeah, I mean, and I want to let our guests talk, but obviously for those of our listeners that don't know, Bolivia is basically the top of the world, right? I mean, it's got, it's got some of the highest peaks in the Andes in it. Uh, uh, La Paz, right? Uh, capital city, maybe the highest altitude of any capital city on the planet. So it's not a trip for the faint of heart, but, but talk us through that. Tell us about a, a trip to, uh, to Belize or Bolivia. Sorry. Of course. Well, first of all, thank you guys for the invite. Uh, it's an honor to be with you guys here today. So Likewise. Yeah, Bolivia. Uh, Bolivia is right in the center of South America, uh, where it's called the heart of South America. Uh, our climates vary, you're right, on uh, the western uh, side, and we're basically going to have all the Amazon basin. And then on your, uh, I'm sorry, the Western side, we're going to have uh, most of your Andes uh, and your mountain basin. And then towards the East, uh, we're basically going to have that uh, tropical jungle-ish, uh, deep jungle. Uh, and it pretty much varies as far as temperature wise. Uh, you mentioned La Paz. Yes, it's one of the highest capitals in the world. Um, as you can imagine, the weather is uh, fairly cold. Uh, it will get it will get uh, nippy, um, and then you have the other side, which is basically the tropics, uh, which again is going to be tropical, plenty of rain, uh, along a, a lot of jungle, rainforest, uh, and then towards the south, you're going to have uh, more of your drier part uh, of Bolivia, um, which is mainly Chaco area. Um, so we operate uh, our outfit is basically based in Santa Cruz, uh, Bolivia. Uh, we are right at a sea level. So Santa Cruz does not have an altitude at all. It's more of a tropical climate. Um, very similar to what uh, you're going to live off uh, in the jungle. Um, so, uh, you know, you, uh, so, uh, you know, it's uh, very comfortable to be in. Um, as far as weather-wise, Again, tropical, think of it humid, Miami-type weather. Uh, our summers, I would say they're in the 90s and 100s, and our winters are going to be within the 40s and 50s. Uh, uh, even though it might be wintertime, we still have 90-degree days, uh, so it's fairly tropical. 
Um, Sounds so, like a good cast your faith trip to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So logistically, can I fly from DFW directly to Santa Cruz or do I have to go through La Paz or somewhere else to get there? Good question. So you have different routes. Uh, you can either use Miami as your main hub and do either a, a direct flight from Dallas to Miami, Miami, straight fighter, Santa Cruz. Um, you're looking from Miami. It's about a seven hour um, right down straight to Santa Cruz. You don't have to stop in La Paz. Uh, or if you want to go through Houston, Houston has another route uh, that you usually go through Panama, Houston, Panama, Panama, Santa Cruz. Uh, so as far as getting uh, in, uh, you're probably looking at a total 10, 12 hour travel time. That's what I get uh, usually from here, from Dallas. I'll usually fly to Miami uh, and just take the next flight down. You can usually leave at nighttime and you're there early morning. Uh, so usually you'll fly out on typically on a Thursday evening, get there Friday early morning, get to spend the Friday with us, sleep at a five-star hotel very first night, and then the very next day uh, you head out to the jungle. All right. So talk me through this. It's a, it's about 12 hours to get there, give or take plus or minus. Um, what time zone am I in when I get there? And so, as a follow-up to that, you're in the Southern hemisphere, right? So our seasonality is a little bit reversed. That's correct. So basically our summers here are winters back in Bolivia and vice versa. Uh, Time-wise, uh, during our season, you're looking at a one hour difference here in Texas. Okay, uh, so not bad. So no jet lag, nothing like that. Um, so you pretty much get uh, to Santa Cruz. You get to chill the very first night. Uh, we host you at a very nice uh, five-star hotel. Uh, your breakfast included the very next day. So you have early breakfast around nine o'clock. You'll get picked up and we drive you, transport you. Uh, basically, we take care of you since you get to Bolivia. Uh, Clayton, you asked about our packages. So, yes, it's an all inclusive package. We are going to include everything from picking you up from the airport, hosting you at the five star hotel. You get a night of hotel upon arrival and a night of hotel upon uh, before you depart. Um, and the only thing that's not going to be included is basically your international flight uh, and then the rest of your expenses uh, and bar tabs while you're at and in the city. The rest will <laughs> so okay. then that's a deal breaker for you, Clay. No, absolutely <laughs> not, because I'm going to make a little change on top to pay for the booze. Uh, <laughs> I mean, how could you possibly so, afford the three beers a night it takes you to get hammered? That's right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Usually the last one is half full somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> extra change uh, for you know the uh, all amenities at the hotel and definitely to have some fun while in Santa Cruz. Oh, um, there we go. The very next day uh, we'll take you guys out to the local airport. Uh, getting to the actual lodge it's only accessible by air uh, so we take uh, usually Cessna's 206 uh, straight into our airstrip. It's about a two hour, two hour and uh, 15 minute uh, Cessna ride into the uh, airstrip. Just depends on the wind. With a good tailwind, you'll get there a little faster. Um, it's a jungle type airstrip. So it was built by hand. Uh, we've had the airstrip for about two, three years, about two years that we've had it uh, operable uh, back since 2019. Um, so pretty much from the airstrip to the lodge you have about an hour and 15 minutes uh and we use dugout canoes uh dugout canoes to travel back and forth up and down the river and we use um they're the equivalent of mud motors they're long nose uh, motors uh which uh are very efficient and that's what we use in the area because they're uh, so easy to basically have parts in the middle of nowhere and they're easy to work with and then uh, half part. So um, this usually happens early morning, nine o'clock. You get to the airstrip around 1130 mid, uh, noon for that matter. You're pretty much having lunch at the lodge. Um, you'll get your bearing straight uh, that first day. We'll uh, pretty much go through a little uh, lead uh, leader tackle fly 
a little session that has to do with your gear. Um, get your bearings straight. Uh, and after that, we basically take you out to our uh, local beats and schools. Um, so our programs designed different ways. Uh, Clayton mentioned uh, that, you know, we host our adventurous and physically fit anglers. And you're right. Um, we have two different programs. Uh, we have what we call the Casar Expedition. And then we have what we call the Jungle Experience. Um, jungle Casar Experience all the way for right here. I'm sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt you, brother. No worries, brother. Uh, as far as the experience itself, the Casar uh, Expedition is going to be uh, mainly using our main lodge as our main facility. And we will be fishing uh, the different river systems that are uh, basically accessible to our lodge. Our lodge sits in the uh, junction of two river systems, basically the Pachena River and the main uh, Casare River. So both rivers are unique and they all have their uh, uh, beauty. Um, and you can still catch a trophy fish on each body of water. It simply depends on the river conditions as far as which pools and which runs we're gonna choose. Uh, but our Casare program is gonna be mainly geared towards fishing two, three, four hours from our main lodge and coming back to the main lodge. Um, our jungle experience is actually gonna give you a taste of the beats that are the lower beats and it's gonna give you a taste of the upper beats as well. Uh, we have two different out camps that are set up at uh, the headwaters of each Kasare and Pachena River. Uh, each out camp is going to be equipped with um, basically dome tent. It's going to have a dining area. Uh, it's going to have uh, meshed areas for you to eat uh, comfortably in. And we're going to have uh, bathrooms as well. Uh, we have outdoor uh, drop blue type bathrooms out in the jungle. Uh, and you're basically going to have a traveling circus with you. Uh, and these jungle experience, the whole crew basically travels with you. That's Chev, uh, our partners, our Chimani Indians, guides, everybody as a team. And our mission is basically to fish our way up to the headwaters and basically sleep out under the stars, get to uh, dip in the river for our uh, bats and stuff like that. And it's truly out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, you sacrifice the little comforts of the main camp, uh, but the certain uh, sceneries that you get to see and the experiences that you have are different and unique for each program. So it simply depends on how much or how uh, hard you want to push yourself. Uh, Jungle Experience Program is absolutely for our physically fit clients. We are going to be walking two, three, four miles a day. Uh, and you know so you could never do that no i've walked 400 yards and yeah you're done. he's i think with a couple of oxygen cans maybe a portable <laughs> tank i could make it yeah maybe that's oh. and this because as you guys want to push uh and we'll obviously you know get a the first couple of days we'll kind of get a a hold of you know what you guys want to do and what you want to accomplish physically every day and that <laughs> all week uh but yeah i mean like any uh you know most fishing some of these harder to get spots are going to be the most beautiful and that how much effort you put in it is going to resemble of how much you're going to get out of it um right at the lodge you can still catch 20 30 pound dorados and catch as many species as you can upriver. It's just the experience for catching the fish and the type of, uh, you know, adventure that you want. And <clears throat> for those of our listeners who have never heard of Golden Dorado, but have heard of redfish, uh, from what I understand, um, a Golden Dorado is like a redfish on crack and steroids at the same time that's as smart as einstein is 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 that pretty close well think of it yeah similar i guess the structure as a redfish that probably has the stamina and the power of a gt as soon as it hits that fly mm. so mm. it's a predatory species obviously called the golden dorado because of the colors um Pictures don't really do any justice to the fish. You got to hold one in person and to truly mesmerize those colors. 
Um, they're just stunning. Um, so we basically, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Top predatory species as far as uh, other predatory species in our waters. Oh, we're going to have golden dorado, suruvi, which is a striped catfish, um, yatoranash, which are our bright gun species, our paku, which you love. Oh, um, I love them. Yeah. Our, you know, water permit. So there's, you know, room for a grand slam in our waters. Um, so everybody's out for the GDs, as we call them, the, the golden Dorados, uh, the trophy size fish, you're talking in a 20, 30 pound range. Um, Sabala, <laughs> which is their bait fish. And some of the Sabala in the bait water are 10 pounds, 15 pounds sometimes. I mean, can you huge. show us some pictures of those, uh, are those fish that's a gorgeous lodge is that the accommodations that we'll be staying in yes exactly so this is our main lodge uh again it, this is Casara camp um it's gonna have really nice and comfortable safari cell tents uh inside those tents you're gonna have comfortable um mattress uh bedspread pillows uh, the whole nine yards. So you guys get to sleep very comfortable in it. Um, they're all going to have electricity inside uh, for you to turn on a fan. If you need to charge your electronics, you can do so at night. Um, and it's going to have a circulating uh, fan at night that you can use. Um, let me see if I can get a couple more pictures of the Oh, hold fan. on. Hold on. Leave that right there. Can you zoom in on that uh, chartreucherie board there? Chartreuse. <laughs> I have my teeth in tonight, y'all. Be kind. That looks so, wonderful for camp food. So our clients can definitely dine out um, and in style. Uh, we have a full-on chef that cooks our meal and a sous chef. Uh, so right there, what are the what are we eating? Uh, these are a mixture of empanadas. Oh God. Uh, empanadas a mixture of beef and our local jalapeno uh probably uh, some eggplant empanadas as well uh so definitely go in with an appetite voice because you're yeah, i think the fried daddies need to figure out an eggplant yeah. empanada well hold on i i want to i want to bring attention to that last picture there was wine at sure. breakfast I am, I'm assuming it's breakfast because this gentleman is wearing a coat. Well, I could just mean it's raining or chilly. It's really right. not indicative of time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know I don't, breakfast works on your Yeah, yeah, yeah sipping on a coat for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, so these are, are just chilling for today. Um, these are actually our good folks from, from here, from, uh, from Dallas, from Texas. Sweet. So, uh, yeah, they're just chilling for today. It was a ch very chilly morning. Uh, we probably had rain that entire day uh, for that morning. Uh, so we're just uh, having a good time, having some wine, enjoying uh, the view, and pretty much getting ready for the day to warm up a little bit and head out to fish. So that's why. You so how does seasonality affect the fishery, Federico? Is it is it better in the winter, better in the summer? Is there a time of year if you're thinking about going? Because I look at it and I go, man, if I was going to head out, obviously the time I'd be able to do it is probably the summertime, but then that's going down there in your winter. How does that affect the, the fishery and its productivity? So our fishery is going to be dictated by the rainy season. That's going to be your cue to get out. Um, the, uh, our fishing season is June through October. So those are your best months. Uh, we could probably get started a little bit early in the season. We have good fishing in May. It might be hit or miss as far as uh, rains being delayed or coming in a little bit early. So that's why we give it the benefit of the doubt. And we usually don't guide in May, but we do start in June. So the weather's going to be, excuse me, dictated more on the rainy patterns than anything else. Um, so yeah, you pretty much the rains come in uh, by mid November, December, and that's pretty much your cue to uh, leave and basically close. You're done season. for a while. And are there certain times of that, uh, you know, early summer to early fall time period that are better for certain species? So the rest of the time you want to hunker at home and do something else because one, it can be very, very dangerous. The water levels go up super super high and super fast 
Uh, so you're talking dangerous water conditions. Oh no, no, no! I'm talking. I'm talking in that June to to October time frame. Is in other words, if if we wanted to target Dorado exclusively, is there a better time in that window to get down there than another? Conditions are going to vary throughout that June through October. That water is going to fluctuate. Um, I wouldn't say one is better than the other simply because the conditions are different. Uh, early season in June, July, you have a little bit more water just because you have the cold fronts that are going to be moving in. And that usually is accompanied by rain. Uh, so you are going to have uh, an easier time accessing a lot of these places um, as far as travel time and getting the boats up and down. Um, water conditions not, might, might be ideal as far as you having the perfect water clarity, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the fishing's bad. Right. Uh, you, when the water's perfect and the water clarity is really good, it can get really technical and it could be really tricky. If you can see the fish, you bet fish that the fish. You. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. more commando style and, and really watching out for what you're doing in the water. Um, maybe earlier in the season, I would say sometimes it can get a, a little easier fishing just because you don't have those perfect low water level conditions, you know? Right. Um, but you can you can still uh, catch as many fish early season that can you do at the end of the season. So you know, <clears throat> I have a question, brother. You grew up in Bolivia and have a totally different perspective on you know uh, the outdoors <clears throat> and and outdoor sporting. Whatever. You know, as a as a Texan, a thick-headed Texan that hadn't been out of the Republic in quite a, a while, what, whatever he went to Arkansas like three months ago, right? Oh, that's yeah. Okay. That's, <laughs> he was in Oklahoma two weeks ago. Okay, okay, okay. So y'all, okay. So that's still technically, wasn't it? The uh, Republic of no, Texas? No, it was not. Okay, no. okay. So. So growing up in Bolivia, I, I paint a picture of what that was like and what brought you to fling in your first bug. So growing up in Bolivia, is, as any other South American third world country, um, it's, it's unique. Um, first of all, Bolivia, to put it in perspective, is we're blessed and cursed. We're blessed in a way because we are not a really developed country. So for that particular reason, our, we boast in wildlife and we boast in natural resources. Um, so we are super um, blessed to have that. Uh, the contrast of that is, yeah, we have you know, uh, inequality and, and distribution of wealth is uh, to a point not, you know, as equal as you would like it. So you would, I grew up as a kid in a ranch. Uh, my dad uh, used to be, uh, own, you know, cattle and raise cattle and pretty much uh, do uh, everything from uh, dairy products to uh, selling uh, cattle for meat and stuff like that. So it was used to for me to, you know, be outdoors. And uh, my dad was, or still to this day, he loves, he loves hunting. He loves wind shooting. Um, so that's the way I got introduced to the outdoors was I, you know, obviously loved being on top of a horse and wrestling with cats at a young age and, yeah, uh, and being young. And uh, it wasn't until my probably 12 years old that whenever I was at the ranch, I would usually go out with all the cattlemen and usually what they would do at night is go fishing. Uh, and back then it involved uh, hand lining and you know, catching big surubi or muturo or whatever catfish uh, on a hand line. And that kind of got me into you know, being in the outdoors and enjoying fishing. Uh, I wasn't uh, born into uh, a purist uh, fly fishing world. I, grew up conventional fishing. 
Uh, with no, I'd say if you if you started out handlining, you were the the greatest <laughs> yes, purist yeah. of yeah, all. Definitely, you know, <laughs> handlining a thirty pound catfish <laughs> is about as pure a fishing experience as you can have outside of a a spear or something yeah, like that. Yeah. You know? Of course. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I grew up basically my teenage years. I would leave. Uh, I would not care about partying anymore, and I would just simply go out and. Uh, do these trips on my own with friends, with my good friends. Uh, that's how I met Patrick, my partner, eventually, uh, which I'll tell you guys the story here in a bit. Uh, but yeah, we I grew up basically heading out to these areas to fish for surabi, peacock bass, all these different species. Uh, and eventually, obviously, got the hang of doing logistics for all these places. Most of these spots, you got to drive out to Bolivia. You got to have a four-wheel drive and sacrifice at least four or five days uh, because for you to get out there and come back, you know? So uh, definitely that was, I think the backbone of, you know, us having an operation now is, you know, learning the little, the, the ropes of the game and learning the little things uh, as, you know, I, I fish to all these different areas. So yeah, my partner in crime is, is Patrick Tendler. Uh, he's a uh, graduate from, uh, uh, he's, he's an Aggie graduate. Uh, oh so he, man, uh, God almighty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so by trade, Patrick's a biologist. He studied uh, wildlife uh, fisheries with an emphasis on uh, conservation. So Patrick can name you every single species of bug, tree, animal fish you name it he's the guru um so yeah back in the day patrick and i met uh we went to the same uh high school together our uh families known each other for a while and uh we knew each other and there was a particular point in our lives in which we became fishing partners and then started venturing out and to all these different locations and eventually scouted for uh, different areas that we, uh, you know, wanted to truly go after. And um, once we scouted this particular area, Patrick was the very first one to actually hit the gold, as they say. Uh, and we knew that this place was super special. All right. So, uh, so hold on. Patrick does not sound like a Bolivian fellow to my American ear. Born and raised. Santa Cruz um and still wound up becoming an Aggie yes sir uh, how how why this not is clearly the university a family of with Texas deeper issues. I mean this is you know how many Bolivians are named Patrick number one number two how did they ever let him go to the Texas A&M University it just A&M's like big time school uh you know and particularly for the region where we're from, which is Santa Cruz, which most are either into cattle or obviously are going into the oil field uh, sure. type. Deal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Either way, it's uh, top notch. Okay, then I'll allow it. It is a fine university, and I have nothing but good <laughs> things to say about AM. I wish them all the success in the world. And quite frankly, if I'm being honest, I hope they win every game a year except one. And if they ever go back to playing a real university, two. That's it. <laughs> Hey, so when are, go, when go. is Texas joining a real conference? When does that happen? Is so, that this year? Two years? Uh, two years. So okay. Two years right. from now. <clears throat> All right. So, yeah, man, thanks. Now, is that sausage I'd take, or is that like something? It, it, is it from a leopard or not Clay a leopard? What, what did you say? A jaguar. It's definitely not from a leopard. We don't want to say that Federico is serving leper sausage. Leopard. <laughs> seems like a bad marketing tactic. But at some point in here, be sure to reiterate uh, the website and how people find you, Federico. Go on. You guys can find us through anglingfrontiers.com. Uh, you can check out our website uh, or obviously through social media. Uh, it's either through uh, Instagram or Facebook, uh, Angling Frontiers. Uh, so Patrick does a great job as far as maintaining our uh, social media. And he's the guy behind the scenes of uh, most of the things that we do with angling frontiers so uh, you're going to see all those pretty pics that are posted by him and uh, you can tell that we're super passionate about every single post that we do uh, 
uh, because we truly take our time and Patrick's really passionate about what he does. So um, you guys are definitely going to enjoy uh, our stories as well. So yeah, no, no monkey being served here. Um, <laughs> okay. So, all right. So. <laughs> Bobo. Um. Okay. So you and Patrick are in high school and you're, and you're going out on these fishing adventures. Is this when you started fly fishing or when, when did that happen? When did you pick up the, when did you pick up the fly rod? We started fly fishing when we uh, obviously had the right conditions to do it. And this place was the perfect place to do it. So we pretty much learned to fly fish on our own because we didn't really take a lesson or anything like that. Uh, and we targeted Golden Dorado trying to cast five eight-inch flies. That's pretty so, bold, too. Uh, okay. You remember Brian Wilmer from previous episodes taught himself uh, <laughs> yes. on snakes and bass. That's These guys right. said, eh, let's no, go after Golden Dorado. Dorado. Yeah, well, I, I think that they're, the Golden Dorado is the snakes and bass of their area. Could be, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that was... But, uh, say the least the challenge but hey i mean we definitely <laughs> rose to it so it's cocky i like that okay yeah, so how'd, how'd you so you split your time between here in dallas and down in bolivia is that correct okay yes so how, why and why are you here <laughs> <laughs> so i moved to texas 21 years back back in 2000 uh back then i i came to school uh, I'm a UTD graduate, so hey, hey, hey. I'm a comet, baby. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, as they say, I came to Texas as fast as I could. Uh, I used to teach for the Garland School District uh, for 12 years. Um, that was as uh, soon as I graduated from school. Uh, and that's what kind of allowed me to go back and forth. I would spend all of my summers down in Bolivia guiding, and then I'd come back and teach. Uh, why Texas? I, you know, I've got family here. I'm a little mutt. I'm from everywhere. Uh, so uh, I pretty much ended making a living out here. Uh, my other part of what I do here is I, like Clayton and I share, share trades. Uh, we're in the yeah. HVAC business. Uh, a friend of mine owns a company here in Dallas, ARA Service, that uh, does HVAC work. Uh, so I'm part of their business development team, and I've uh, helped them out uh, throughout the year. And yeah. I get to live life, as they say, for three, four months out of the year, which is when I go back to Bolivia to help uh, Patrick out and help Angle Frontiers and everything. So I will say having a trade is nice because we can pick up a lick anywhere we go, brother. There you go. There you go. So yeah. So show I, us, uh, uh, run through some of these slides you put together. I mean, I know you put a lot of time into this and, uh, show us some of these slides and yeah. So you, you've gone and gone through the, um, you know, we fly down to Bolivia We spend 10 hours flying. We have to go to Miami, which is the world's most miserable airport it is and like not if you drink the, world country it's like a it's fourth so, it's a if fourth you, world if country. you drink the cuban coffee no, you don't notice it no it's there's nothing that makes that airport okay the, the, <laughs> the houston to <laughs> panama thing though intrigues me because God, oh, I i've got some banking i need to take care of in panama so <laughs> well there's uh, there is that okay so we, we go there we spent the fly all night I, I personally can't sleep on an airplane but i can barely sleep not on an airplane anyway so it doesn't matter and then um that's true. true yeah and then um when we get there and we get the hotel we get the thing and we get the plane and we're there so we've seen and we've seen some great pictures of of the the lodge it looks awesome and um so uh what what have you got what, what when we hit the water what's that like can you walk us through that of course so you'll hit the water pretty much upon arrival uh once you got your gear straight as you can see that from that uh bluff that we're basically sitting at uh that right there is the actual Casadero river uh and we depends on the water conditions we'll pick either one of those river systems um so anyhow, just, I'll just, go hold on. The, just purely out of curiosity, how many things in that river are trying to kill me? Yes, yes, everything. Right? It's like it's Australia. Not, no, it can't be that it's in the southern it's, hemisphere. Again, everything Clay, we have a guest who I eat. asked the question. Every, right? Every, yeah. Gotta worry. 
smallest things, which is bacteria and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, as far as big critters, yes, we have jaguars, we have mountain lions, we have marigays, ocelots. Um, Cayman. As far as our kitties, we've got, uh, we don't have black caiman in our waters. We have spectacle caiman, which are a little bit smaller. They're about four or six feet. Oh, uh, yeah, no problem. Then. So yeah. they won't. I wrestled in high school. At I least, got this. At least they can't crawl up your pee pee. <laughs> Hold on. I wrestled in high school. I've got this. I was really bad that, at it then, too. Go, yeah. yeah. That's got to go on the bragging montage like I learned Spanish. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Federico. Um, Sorry. Okay. Oh, you've got, you know, big ears <laughs> and bro- red brocadier agoutis, paca, stuff like that. So a lot of game species that, you know, are out there. Um, as far as what can really get you, you got to watch out for stingrays, which are going to be in our water. Uh, you got to shuffle your feet and just do the shuffle dance and just shuffle behind your guide all the time and just be careful. Um, and just take care of yourself. Uh, we don't have too many mosquitoes because we're a little bit higher in the mountains. We do have plenty of OCM, so it's going to be buggy. Uh, we always ask for you to have long, wear long sleeves, uh, even though it might feel comfortable. Uh, we're above, wear gloves. I mean, you got to be covered. Uh, and obviously wear repellent every day. Uh, other than that, you're going to be okay. Make sure you dry your feet every day. Take care of your feet every day. Uh, the easiest way to be out of commission out there is for you to have jungle rot on your feet. And that happens if yeah. you are not careful. Jungle uh, rot's not- real. <laughs> I was Still just be- saying jungle rot's real, brother. <laughs> I know. Okay. So uh. the little like that, you know, but we go through an extensive uh, intro with you guys. We have a, we have a little manual sitting by your nights and which we, not recommend, but you're required to read. Okay. And we'll, at night, the very first night, we'll have our safety meeting, and basically oh. everything from zippers in your tent, not letting you know snakes and spiders crawl in at night. Hold on, hold on, hold Wait, on, sorry, brother. Are you, are you hold surprised on, that there's snakes? Hold on, Jeff. Hold on. <laughs> you said snakes, brother. You know <laughs> what kind of snakes are we talking about? <laughs> Good snakes and bad snakes. So we've got a combination of um, fertilance is what you don't want to definitely mess with. Highly poisonous snake. Uh, I mean, it is the jungle. We do see them every now and then. Oh, uh, yeah. Got to cross the eyes out there. Clayton, Clayton is getting sweaty. Yeah, he is. Because he doesn't he has know zoom. there's a difference between good snakes and bad snakes. No, no, In his world, all... there are snakes. And there's everything else, and there, the snakes well, are all bad. Not only that, Kenneth, there are snakes, and there are sticks floating in the water that <laughs> look like snakes <laughs> that are, quite frankly, to Clayton, just as bad as an actual snake. Yeah, and man. Then, I mean, um, they make my heart skip. And you started talking beats. about it, and there is a puddle growing at the yes, base. Yes, I am. do not have floor. a puddle. Hey, no <laughs> very nervous. No very nervous. nervous. No, no, no. I don't know what you're about to do, but it's not going to be good. Um, yes, thank you, Federico, okay. for bringing us back around yeah okay so yes okay so sorry i think i digressed so, most of that but um we're in the middle of the jungle guys so there's everything out there snakes scorpions spiders just a matter of you being you know cautious and you got to be vigilant every single time and just as they say listen to your guide <laughs> so <laughs> listen to so your just, guide and have just balls of steel just out of pure curiosity <laughs> if we were to say take clay down there and he didn't come back i mean would the authorities look really deeply into this if we said <laughs> oh, it was a thanks, jaguar guys. attack or thanks guys uh, no worries we can we can always uh we can make that happen okay all right all right this is you a, are I mean, not allowed to meet my wife federico <laughs> yeah i've ever come this across this is great whatever it is you it, want we oh, can do yeah do you want no, to no, no, body? No. hey we got that yeah we don't really have reasons why Clayton is staying. So, hey, we <laughs> brother, so, you okay. know, if I disappeared, I'd be down there on that river every single day. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're, so we're out on the, uh, 
okay so this is this looks like this is in the evening um with the campfire and uh so what's going what's going on here we just oh this picture these are our dugout canoes uh okay we're we're basically preparing for a night at camp i think our good friend wesley white uh took this pic while he was down uh, going to the airstrip one day um so you can kind of see our boats and our dugout canoes they're basically made out of a single tree hull called ocho wood uh and they basically have that they work that tree bark out and eventually you get a 8 10 12 meter boat just a 20 25 foot boat thank you yes I, the only millimeter i know is nine because uh I, well, because uh, well, you sorry. know, there's there's two kinds of countries in the world: those that have sent a man to the moon, and those that use the metric use system. The metric system. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, so, how Ooh, many people? So, how many? Is gorgeous. What is? What are we looking at other than pristine water? I think that's a rock. <laughs> that looks like pristine water. Oh, I see the silhouette. You missed it. Oh. Yeah, so these are GDs. Uh, you would think that they would glow gold, but they don't. They actually camouflage real well. Uh, so, you know, you got to train your eyes in order to kind of see them. Um, these are perfect water conditions, guys. Uh, as y'all can see, that water's, you know, super visible at least three, four, five feet in. Um, can you please see these? Can you please zoom in just uh, maybe one or two so our viewers can see this? Oh, man. Wow. Look at that. Man, there that it looks is. like a, that's, that's a good really fish, cool. too. Yeah. Uh, these are, I mean, you can see the size of those rocks, but those are probably at least 10, 15 pound fish. Wow. Wow. So good size fish. Cool. Well, well Federico, um, we're getting. This has been a great, great. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's, that's jungle camp. So these are jungle camps. These are okay. improvised. You can change. As... Not to say that we were running out of time, but I got distracted by jungle. Sure. Camp. No, no, yeah. no, I want to see jungle camp. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. These are pretty much our uh, Chimane friends helping out uh, with our mesh dining areas. Uh, one's used for cooking. Another one's going to be used for dining. Um, oh, now that's precious. Yeah. Some of our communities, we work with three different community guys, Pechene, Kuchisama, and Naranjalito. Each one of our clients uh, gives a fee. That fee goes uh, towards these communities. So you guys are helping progress and definitely helping these communities out. Yes. Very cool. Yes. That is nice. Our, you know, the true the heroes in all of our operation here. They're the backbone of the operation, and they're the reason for us being there. Uh, we're basically guests to the Chimani. So um, very, uh, very honorable, very down to earth type people. Man. Super simple. So oh, the bows man. and arrows, uh, these guys obviously live off the land. Fishing's their number one thing. Uh, so they're going to be uh, trying to shoot some Sabalo as we head up the river. Um, and you guys are going to get to see that as well. Uh, bows and made in site they're made there uh so you can actually see the chimanes work their uh, bows uh, while you're uh, fishing that's sweet because that's better yeah. than the rednecks that are throwing the carp and the gar on the side of the banks yeah. and right there at the boat ramp what's what's this we're seeing this looks super uh manly so that's Pedro. That's a Sabalo right there. That's the bait fish. So that's what your flies are mimicking. That that I'm sorry. That's the bait fish. That's the bait fish. That's a Sabalo. So are we casting a 14 inch fly on a 12 weight? I, I I've just got to know. Or are we trolling it? An eight to a nine weight to throw the big flies out. Probably five eight inches. You're using big streamers. Okay. Pictures. Oh, um, there she is. There she is. Fish. It's a what? It's an armored catfish. Mm, okay. Mm, mm, mm. Pretty fish. Can you zoom in on that fish? Can you go back and zoom? Oh, no, that's there. a okay. yeah. Can you zoom in on that? That's a and take us from right to left. 
look at the colors on that guys. That guy is not as handsome as Flyfish Mitch, wow. but yeah, that is a pretty catfish. All right, yeah, uh, no, nobody is yeah. definitely not Federico, but hey, he'll put you on fish. Yeah. I mean, the amazing thing I actually is the scenery, and I know we're getting ready to see a picture here of, of a real live golden dorado. Yeah, look at this. Oh, look at that. the size of this. Just a goes giant fish in a really scenic place. And I get Can the you zoom in on that, brother? In talking to Federico, that we could we could have federico on for five more episodes and never we could. get through all yeah I, I, I think we're gonna have to bring him back because we we are kind of running up against it here but but uh, but again look at that look at that yeah dude what what what, what was great. the tax man that's on great. that what who, who oh the tax the tax man involves a bigger dorado oh wow basically oh, that's, got that's wild yeah so we're talking a 36 inch fish. I mean, uh, just by just by going off of the fish I've caught, that was at least 32 to 36 inches. This is Am I wrong? Good, this is not a good way to judge distance uh, by the fish. They're, yeah, they're pretty much a meter meter fish. So so, so what was the size of the Dorado that he could have caught? that just slow played it a little bit better yeah. that a a 32 to 36 inch fish yeah so you are basically looking at three foot fish at least 36 inches or so right 30, right the 30 pounder Man. so that there is probably a good i would say about a five eight pounder and wow. 15, 20 pound fish can easily cut that in half. Wow. Cool. Slow yeah. pay play. One That's less a, strike. Yeah. Just a oh yeah. my God. This is this is gorgeous. You know, guys. I mean, these are these are pretty amazing. And you told us earlier. Y'all have to, if y'all are just play, listening cool. to us on Spotify, Fun. you have to log into YouTube to see these pictures. Cool. And I'm broken. sorry, joke Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean you, you told us earlier that the pictures just don't do it justice so i can only imagine that you know in in real life that they're just so much more beautiful oh, man. but we are um that kind of looks like me clay i fish just like him no that, that looks more like you but yeah, um, that is true yeah um man i think we're gonna have to get federico back on again yeah but, Federico, can we get you back on here again so we can pick up and like really just go into some I, some I'm, wild I'm questions curious that if we these have, guys have? Do you have the technology at uh, at Fish Camp that you could uh, that you could join us from Bolivia? Oh yeah, we've got Wi-Fi at camp. Only that's, out of that's we got to make that happen. They got Wi-Fi in the jungle of Bolivia. <laughs> this is the worth the money. I don't care how much it is. Okay. So, uh, Hey, so Federico, so, um, tell us, tell us again, um, how to get in touch with you guys. How do you book a trip? You know, what, what's the best way? So you guys can get in touch, uh, through us, through social media. That's the easiest. Or you can email me at, uh, Federico at anglingfrontiers.com or Patrick. That's P A T R I C K at anglingfrontiers.com. I like um, I like that he spelled hello. Patrick, but not, not Federico. Federico. Yeah. Hello. Uh, <laughs> All right. Yeah. And it's and it's anglingfrontiers.com. We will uh we'll we'll post that when we we'll put that in the in the notes on the episode. Um an email or uh just message me. Uh you'll yeah, find for uh website and just give me a holler. We'll talk fishing, I'll run you through the logistics and we'll take good care of you. And I, I would guess that you're starting to book up now for, for next uh, for, summer and fall, right? <laughs> we almost have our season booked for 2022. Really? Okay. Yeah. So. You want to get on board for next, uh, for 2022, you got to do it now because otherwise you're going to have to wait an entire year to do it. Okay. All right. Good to know. And what do these trips uh, run? So uh, either our Custer expedition or our jungle experience are going to be fifty nine fifty for the week per angler. Okay. Man, what a deal! Sweet, Federico, man, thanks for having a little bit of faith in me and uh, coming on the podcast. Thanks for being hospitable and for these two degenerates being hospitable to you. Um, 
I can't wait to have you back on brother. And, uh, and man, I, I'm really glad you're supporting the organization. Yeah. Thank Damn. you so much. Thank you guys for having me. I'd love to come back. I know there's tons of stories I'd like to share with y'all. We could be here all night. Yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah, support as well. And, uh, we'll be in touch. Uh, we'll see you guys at the shows. Okay. Awesome. Sounds Thanks, good, Federico. brother. Appreciate it. Take care. Okay. As I Not think it's time. Thank you, Federico. I think it's time for us to hit the theme. It's time. It's time. Hold on. Donna, no. Wait, what are Donna, we no, we're, what are you, there's no holding on. We're, we're hitting, hitting the theme. theme. You can't hold on. The it's the theme. No, no, no. No, no, no. Squirrel Water Center Wide. Going to Federico. I've got it here. No, no. Yours is Mary Fishmas. No, 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 no. Federico, please tell me that a jaguar has dragged somebody through their no, tent this via hasn't their happened. head. This is, I actually have a squirrel watch segment for you, and I don't know why. We have like three points of formatting. You right. can't stick to All them. Right. It's right. incredibly okay. frustrating. Hey, I'm Clay. Uh, what just happened here? I don't know. Can we get it back on the rails? Jeez. Can we act like podcasting? Look, here's the deal. I mean, we have the, the run sheet so simple. Federico's we do over here banter. thinking he's dealing with a bunch he of amateurs know, he doesn't in the know middle of yeah. church parish we bring, in, we bring in a professional fishing guide with an amazing lodge that takes people on incredible trips, and you're just over here. Anglingfrontiers.com. Like, Anglingfrontiers.com. They're almost booked up for the next season. People need to stop listening and lo- and click and book Can their trips right now. Credibility to this? And you're over here just jumping all over the place. Get your phone out. I don't even know what's happening. I put you on your first bass. I'd like to reset. It's, I don't care. <laughs> like okay. We're going to shoot it again. Squirrel watch center. Thing. So, Jeff, so, since you've got a squirrel do, center, if, if you'd ever let us up, know, um, yeah. So, so we had our first, um, we had our first second Sunday Caster Faith trip this last weekend. Yeah. So, um, Kenneth couldn't go because he had to parent his children, which is really unfortunate. But um, if I don't know that was the excuse you're giving, I wouldn't have let out that disgruntled sigh right before you. No, um, but uh, so there were four of us. We left here and we went up to to Leela and I had I had run up there before just to kind of check it out, and see it before, but I never really. No, wait, who are the four? You? It was me and Clay and and Kevin and Nick. Nick. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Uh, who were the two that caught the fish? It was. Yeah. You and Kevin both caught two of the smallest bass I've ever seen. So get this. So but I'm holding by on, the I'm, lip. I'm literally talking to you. Um, Jesus. Knock over your microphone. Do you, is this your first day? It is. Yeah. Okay. Go sit. In the, go abla. sit. Go sit in the corner. Um, no, we know you, Abla. Yeah, because you <laughs> listen Jeff to Bezito. Yeah. So, uh, so, so we get down there, and um, Kevin has fly fished just a tiny bit. Nick had never fly fished before. We're trying to, you know, kind of get them outfitted, get them going, and um, and I brought my waders because you know we're fly fishing, and I, I put them on. And Clay brought his, and but I, I think he felt bad that. That we don't have spare waiters, although Caster Faith is taking donations to get um, extra to get equipment. Some waiters, yeah, get to some get some waiters yeah. for, for people. We've got plenty of rods. We're looking but, to line some gear up. Yeah, and, and that's going to happen soon. So, um, so we get out there, and I'm, you know, we're just fishing, and, and Kevin finds this little hole and scrubbing these, called a couple of these little tiny bass, and uh, which is fun, you know. And um, and I'm like, I'm going to go check this area out. And I walk out there, and I look down, and I, I am being swarmed by carp. I mean, they're, I, I'm telling you at my feet, I mean, they're just, there had to be, I don't know, 20 or 30 of them. Get just, out like, of here. Yeah, and and they're, is, and you said, said Layla, but it, tell people what that is. That's the, the Lake Lewis, Lewis, Lake Lewisville environmental learning, learning area. area. Yeah. 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 That's it. So, um, skeet, skeet, skeet. And, all um, it's a car. So, so there's carp everywhere. And, it, you know, can I, I don't know if you've done much fishing for carp. It's really hard to fly fish for carp. I don't. I told you I've done, like okay. It's the carp buffalo thing has completely passed me by. You need to you need mm. to jump on this train because well, for, here's the thing, I can grab a like a two odd hook and some Wonder Bread and hook up with a carp in like thirty seconds, or I can have a thousand dollars worth of fly fishing equipment 
and I can cast it a cart for the next three hours, and I'll be lucky if I get in one because they're they're not. They're it not, sounds great. Yeah, they're, they're, not, <laughs> they're not. Unless you foul hook. Yeah, so they're not. You know, they're not super predatory and, and all. This. So I've got this in there, and so I and I've, I've got a bass fly on time. So I'm like, all right, so I come and I can't, and I don't even like. I've got a cart box in my backpack. I can go over to the shore and take all my crap off, and I get I gear up for I got this cart. But fly you on think now. you found like. I'm, I'm, I'm in like yeah. oh yeah i mean they're they're everywhere and they're not really feeding they're just kind of swimming around but i'm like okay you know i'm what else am i gonna do right so so i go in i cast and i'm I'm doing the thing and there's there's take is super subtle and you're trying to watch them and i couldn't have it wasn't great visibility and all this stuff and all of a sudden a line takes off and here's the thing i knew immediately that I had foul hooked to this carp. <laughs> I'm like, that is not in the lip at all. There is no, like, I'm retrieving this fly. And I, there's so many carp out there. You can't help but foul hook Get one. And it takes off. And I mean, I was on by seven weight. That thing is bent all the way over. Over there, here comes Clay splashing through the water. And I'm like, it's foul hooked. Don't worry about it. I'll just, you know, I'll just bring him up. In my Wranglers. Yeah, and his and, Wranglers and, and, and wading boots. Yeah, which I, it was a weird look, but whatever. And it he's worked. over there and, you know, so he's, you know, knee deep in the water and he's, and I've, I've got this thing and I'm, and I'm playing it. And, you know, I mean, it's taking line out, it's coming back and it starts to run down and he's like, I got it. And he reaches up and he grabs my line and immediately the Kipching. fish breaks off. Yeah. yeah. And, um, <laughs> and then he was like, oh, you, you foul hooked it. You know, I was like, yeah, I, I know a foul hooked it. Sure. But okay, yeah, so bad. you Already know you foul hooked it. Yeah. You know you foul hooked it. Yep. Would you have taken a picture w with it? Probably not. Okay, yeah. so then what does it matter if I... Well, no, it doesn't it matter at all. Okay. I, I might, you know, okay, I might have taken you. a picture if it still had the hook in the tail. Well, but, you never yeah. know. If this is a 20-pound carp, yeah. you may take a picture with it either way. Yeah. I mean... Oh, Lord, you uh, too. Yeah. Let me yeah. ask you a question. Man, this is a serious it's question. It's been a good episode. Serious question. Yeah. If you hooked it in the tail, you foul hooked it, mm -hmm. and it fought, and you were able to land it, how is that less gratifying to you than, than it eating it? It didn't eat it. It didn't eat it. I didn't. I, I'm not so... Uh, Jeff, right, but when you fish for bass, I, a lot of the times, especially when we're going down to like uh, never foul hooked a bass. But what you're getting is that I've taken a picture of. Right, but what you're getting is a, a defensive strike or an aggressive strike. It's not right. a hungry yeah. strike. Yeah. It's not eating it. So right. So if I wanted, so to what's take the a difference? Does it have to be a hungry fish for it to be a good catch? Yes, because I'm not out there trying to snag paddlefish or or uh, what? What's the you know? There's a whole like all of that. Uh, you know, all that salmon fishing up in the north. My well, dad. I was going to say a lot of people say, do that. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say my well, dad went yeah, on a I mean, trip to Canada yeah, one if, time, and all they did was floss for salmon. Yeah, that's because that's uh, what you do. They don't eat anything. Yeah. So okay, man, if you want to eat fish, yeah, don't take pictures that's like posting a picture of a a personal best bass on a private property would it be like taking a picture of a personal best bass that you claim is a quarter inch shot record and record. then printing it out on state your own record. home printer and using your own thumbtacks to put it on the bulletin board at orvis would it be like uh, that so <laughs> so with all due respect I took that photo to CBS, had it printed out oh, even at better. my this cost. Is this is making it in large. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I did not. I printed that out on a on a. Uh, so he didn't even print it out on his home printer. He, he took it and paid I just money. Took it up there so and I showed is... it. I showed it to my friends well, here's, up there, here's... and they were like, "Holy shit, that's the biggest spotted no, okay. bass." Oh, no, 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 no. They, first of all, they didn't. First, first of all, they didn't because I went up to Orvis rest. later that day and I said, Hey, I see Clay's got his picture and he's, picture. and he's, and they were like, yeah, he was really proud of it. And he really wanted it right in the middle of the board <laughs> for all of there my friends yeah. or excuse we're me, all here. co-workers yeah. at this point that okay. did that. All right. All right. Settle down. Love Skip you. Me. All right. Um, so, but here's the thing, like, yeah, okay. I would like to catch him in, in the lip, obviously. I'm not trying to foul hook a carp, but you know what? 
it was a lot of fun. I was about to say from, yeah. a, from a recreation standpoint, right? Which is really all I'm there for. No, no, no. Yeah. I don't care That's which fun. end of the fish. There's gets no hooked. record well, book yeah. here. Like yeah. it's, I mean, it, you know, uh, it it was a lot of fun. Um, and I and I fished for them for a while. Never never hooked one up. They're they're tough, you know. It, but it's it's a lot of fun. So, um, anyway, so next second Sunday, um, so the second, our next second Sunday is going to be the Sunday before our Beaver's Bend trip. So I've just started working this out on paper and I'm going to start working a little bit more. I think what we may do, um, for that second Sunday is, uh, since we're taking the Beaver's Bend trip the next weekend is, um, is do some casting instruction, go over some, you know, some, some technique and stuff. Cause I know for sure that we've got some new anglers coming. Yeah. I was thinking about and, that. I was um, looking at the calendar. That'd yeah, be a great perfect. time for kind of just a shakedown meeting. We can get I think that's the going. plan. So, you know. so whether or not you're coming on our beavers bin trip, um, which you should come, um, there's still spots available. The sign up genius out there, the Facebook page, it's got the link. Um, if you can't find that, get in touch with us. But, uh, even if you can't do that, if you've ever been interested in fly fishing, kind of want to get the basics of what goes on in fishing, especially for, for trout this time of year in this area, uh, that second Sunday, we're going to be here at the church. Um, depending on the weather, we'll either be here in the parish hall where there is enough room to cast. We do it all the time Absolutely. and, um, or outside and we'll be going over, you know, some fly selection and gear selection and, you know, whether you want to drink nymphs or into, uh, streamers or, you know, whatever, um, kind of going over the whole thing and sort of what you need to get out there. So we're going to have that, that going next. That's going to be the second Sunday in January that if I was looking at a calendar, I could tell you the date, but it's the second Sunday. Um, which brings us to our Beaver's Bend trip is in January. Well, so look, the, the well, first, we've covered the that. second of January is a Sunday. Right. So, so the be, second Sunday would be the ninth. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're going the, wait, so maybe I'm off. Maybe it's two weeks before. Anyway, it's right before that. Anyway, we're going to, so we're going to Beaver's Bend in January. We're going to hit Colorado Bend State Park um, in Central Texas um, for the White Bass Run in, um, in April. Then we're going to hit the White River in Arkansas in July, and we're going down to Bolivar Peninsula in October. So and let's talk, let's talk about Beaver's Bend because a lot of people I think will hear camping north of our current geography mm -hmm. january and go are you out of your mind well we might be but uh um, no look no. the first time we went up there <laughs> dude it was the first night we were there we woke up the next morning and there was four inches of snow on the ground and i was never cold i was never miserable the entire time yeah. and the reason i say that is because people should know that if you want to go on this trip and you have no gear and you have no outdoor skills and you yep. have no wherewithal of fishing, the group of people you're going with are fairly accomplished outdoorsmen, right? Maybe not the greatest fishermen on earth, but we can certainly outfit you with the gear and the, uh, accommodations to make it comfortable for yeah. you. And 100%. And, um, so if you do sign, if you do go and, um, uh, do the sign up genius, I get your email and leading up to the trip, we'll be sending out, we'll get on an email list and you'll be getting, you know, the list of gear that you need to have. And that's a great thing. If, if you get that list of, if you sign up for this trip and you get this list of gear and you're like, bro, I don't have that email me back one. i probably do and if, and if I don't, you don't yeah. joe french does it is in the back seat of joe french's truck <laughs> right now 100%. yeah 100 so uh and if not, you all, whatever it is we need i've got five of them and right. joe french has yeah. three of them in his truck right now like it's it's amazing so uh Anyway, all of that is coming up, and we thank you so much for listening to another edition of the Cast Your Faith podcast, and we will see you next time. Manana. No, it's not no, manana. It's not it manana. comes manana. out every that's, week. That's not a... Yeah. Go listen, mana. Go listen to Despacito mana. again, because your, okay. your Spanish um, is getting rusty. Uh, no, yeah. No, no. All right.